As you dive into this teaching from High Point Church, we pray that it will help you grow in your faith as you believe in, belong to, and become more like Jesus. If these messages bless you, would you consider giving back in support of this ministry? You can give and learn more about High Point at www.highpoint.church. Good morning. I don't know what it is, but there's this craze right now, and no matter who I talk to, especially people in the business world, for executive coaching. So everybody's like, I gotta have a coach, man. I gotta have an executive coach. I gotta have a life coach. I, I'm looking, I mean, I got this with my kid. We want a mentor. And, and so everybody's looking for this. The executive coaching specifically, the industry is worth $50 billion right now. I mean, they're in high demand. There's six million just executive coaches. Now, I just read this article, and they said that um, as far as coaching, whether it's spiritual or business or mental or whatever it is, they're, they're like, so they kind of included all the different dynamics of a life coach and all that, and they said you need four mentors. And so you need a cheerleader, which I thought I'd like to have some cheerleaders. <laughs> you, you also need what? You need a challenger? You need a connector to get you with other people. And, and then you need a coach. And so I thought to myself, that sounds expensive, four people. And I'm just glad that my one guy I go to, he does all four. <laughs> Jody calls him my psychotherapist. It's Lyle. Jody's like, have you talked to Lyle lately? You better talk to him again because you need him. But seriously, what is it about each of us, and even parents are in it now. So like little Johnny, it's not good enough for him to just make the travel team, he's got to be the star. We need to get somebody to coach and train him or her, and, and I'm having a little fun, but, but what is it about this mad rush? I think I can boil it down in one word, insight. We want a greater degree of insight. We want insight into ourselves. We want insight into others. And please, I'm not knocking it. We need insight to be what we want to be, to be what we're called to be, to be more efficient, to be more effective. Dictionary.com, they say insight is this. It's the capacity to gain an accurate and deeper understanding of a person or a thing. I want that. I want to understand you better, and I want you to understand me. Like, we're all craving insight, but we know today, as you're listening to me here in the church or in the church in your home watching, that we know there's a spiritual dynamic that's extremely important. It affects all the other things. So how do we gain spiritual insight? That's where we're headed. And I believe Ephesians chapter 1 the end of the verse, it answers that question for us. So take a look with me at Ephesians chapter one. We're in a series, it's called Church on the Move, and we've been talking about moving and grooving for God, and we wanna step forward with what he's doing and let him lead the way, but we need to, as the title of the message is, we need to move with insight. And so what I wanna do is I wanna give you what I'm calling some, just five of these 
spiritual insights that, that we can base our life on, that we can live in. And, and Paul gives them to us right here. So let me read from starting in Ephesians chapter 1, verse 15. He says, for this reason, because I've heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love toward all the saints, I do not cease to give thanks for you, remembering you in my prayers that the God of your Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give you a spirit of wisdom, there it is, and of revelation in the knowledge of him, comma, having the eyes of your hearts enlightened, comma, that you may know what is the hope to which he has called you, what are the riches of his glorious inheritance in the saints, and what is the immeasurable greatness of his power toward us who believe, according to the working of his great might, that he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly places, far above all rule and authority and power, and above every name that is named, not only in this age, but in the age to come. Man, I'm thankful for a period right there. I mean, he just has all these thoughts. And there's just so much. And then look what he says in verse 22. And he put all things under his feet and gave him his head over all things to the church, which is body, the fullness of him who fills all in all. First spiritual insight that I want to give to you, I believe we can see it right in verse 15. It's that we're to move and change and we're to change ourselves through faith and love. And so that's the first insight that we're to change through faith and love. Look what Paul says in verse 15, because it's not just any faith. It's not just any love. And let me remind you that today, I'm not your mentor. I'm not your life coach. I'm not your trainer. This whole series, the Apostle Paul is. Like, he's been hired by you in this series to be your life coach. Isn't that awesome? And it's free. No bill. All we need to do is listen and learn. And he says, if we want to change ourselves, it's going to take faith in who? In the Lord Jesus. It's going to take love towards who? Towards all the saints. Now, maybe you grew up in a tradition I did where saint was this elevated, special person that was like, whoa, the church voted on him. and That's a saint. And, and that's not what the Bible, if you take a look, it's talking to all Christians and calls them saints. Turn to your neighbor and say, I don't feel like a saint. I don't look like a saint, but I am a saint. <laughs> now turn to that same neighbor and say, you don't look like a saint or feel like a saint, but you are too. But, but we're having some fun because what? Because we're all saints in Christ. And so if we want to truly change, this isn't a PMA message, positive mental attitude, stand in front of the mirror and get yourself worked up. No, how do you change yourself? Through faith, not just in anyone, through faith in Jesus. And through love toward all the saints. I mean, Jesus said it best. He said to the person who asked him, What's the greatest command? And he said the same thing. Love the Lord your God with all your soul, heart, and mind. And, 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 and do what? And, and, and love your neighbor as yourself. He, he talked about faith and love. And he widened the net that, man, you just ain't about loving the brothers and sisters. You gotta love everyone. And so this is the game changer to change in you is faith and love. 
Last week, we had a pretty uh, phenomenal weekend here at High Point. We launched two new locations. Praise God for that. I mean, it's just awesome. And we had over 350 people at, at Hinsdale and St. Charles. And, and I heard so many stories. One of them was um, uh, in, in Hinsdale. There was a woman. She was out walking her dog. And, and she saw the sign. And she didn't know anything about the church. And then she's like, whoa, wait a minute. I, I, I want to go to church. And, and so she takes her dog home. And then she cleans up and, and goes to church. And so she was there. She's like, man, this is my church. And so I asked John. I said, what, you guys are against dogs? You wouldn't let dogs in or what? <laughs> And then Jody, actually, she has a friend that, uh, this is a sweet story. There's a, a, a family in our church that we met when we started in the high school. And our kids were about the same age, and, and they all got saved, man. It was one of those, man, they all put their faith in Christ and changed the family. But then they moved to St. Charles. And so they left their church, and they got cooked up in another church. Or, and, and so Jody just thinks of her, and she's like, she hadn't talked to her in years, right? It's just like, hey, she invites her. Guess what? She She went. She's texting us pictures, and then she said she just went there herself, I think, right? She said, this is my church! And we're like, well, you might want to talk to your husband about that. <laughs> but she's in, man, she's all in, so let, John deal, let them deal with that tomorrow. But, um, but you may not be aware that in St. Char- uh, Vincent, where Pastor Al Blake was here not too long ago speaking, they're actually doing the same series as we are. That's our high point St. Vincent, which is a location that what? That, that God's using in our church. It's an extension site, we call it. And, and so God's doing some awesome things. They're doing the same exact series. Do you know five people got saved as they're studying the book of Ephesians last weekend? I mean, praise God. We're starting another church in um, Jacksonville, Florida, and that's going to be on October 3rd. In January, Monroe, Wisconsin, we're starting another church up there in a more country environment or less of an urban. You say, why are we doing all this? Faith and love. Because we believe faith and love changes people. And we think our, need, our world needs a little more change. And so we're doing it because of faith and love. Second insight, remember, this is from the Apostle Paul. This isn't from me. He says this, that we got to enrich ourselves with gratitude and thanksgiving. And this is a big one, man. Out of all the ones, this is where just, man, look at this verse. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 16. I do not cease to give thanks for you, remembering you in my prayer. And so that word cease, let me just break that down as best that I can. It's an original language. It means don't stop. That's all I got. It means never stop. It means no matter what's going. It means when you're walking the dog. It means when you're driving to work. It means when you're changing the diaper. It, it means never stop giving thanks in prayer. Now, what I didn't say at the beginning of this message, and I probably could have or should have, I, I, I didn't tell you that this is actually a prayer. The passage that we're studying is a prayer. And so Paul does this a couple times in his letter. He does it in Philippians, he does it in Colossians. Um, He does it again in this letter when we get to it. If you look at chapter three, I don't have to turn in my Bible, but page, uh, uh, well, not the page, but it's 977. And then verse 14 through verse 21, it's another prayer. So what's Paul doing? He's in the midst of talking and he just bursts out in prayer. And so I'm just gonna challenge you tomorrow 
when you get the text from the friend, maybe it's somebody you love and you're just so happy for them and everything else. Maybe it's somebody from work that's telling you something. I don't care who the just, you just Just break out in prayer right in the middle of the text. Or the email. In the middle of the email. Just, I'm not feeling any buy-in here. None. That's what he's doing. Because he never ceases. Like he's just in communion with God. And, and I just love that. So it's a prayer. Second thing to note about these verses, he wrote it while he was in prison. That means he prayed it while he was in prison. Again, this is one of four epistles that he wrote while in prison. But he had an attitude of gratitude despite his individual circumstance. Wow, that's a game changer. He, he was willing to give gratitude and thanks despite his individual circumstances, what he was, he could table that. And he, I'm not free, I'm not experiencing freedom, I'm in confinement, I'm gonna celebrate the freedom of those in Ephesus. I mean, that's Paul. Uh, this is one we, we gotta grasp it. This can just change the dynamic of any relationship that you're in. So I don't know, let's think of a couple examples. How about next time your boss just throws the project on your desk, or I guess they don't do that anymore, it's just like in your inbox, so nobody goes to work anymore. And, and it's like, it's in the inbox, and he's got this thing, it's due next week. Just thank God, it's not due today. Or how about this, let's say your wife or your spouse says, on your way home from work, because you still go into the office because you're a prehistoric person, <laughs> pick up some almond milk for us. And let's say you get there and you're looking diligently and strategically for almond milk and you give up very quickly. And so you just bring home the 2%. We're going to say have a little 2%. When you get the 2%, just look at it and, and just give thanks that you have any milk at all. Or how about this? How about when you're at the restaurant and you're having breakfast and all of a sudden the waitress, she throws down the bowl of fruit. When you ordered your favorite hash browns, you're seeing a bowl of fruit in the midst of my eggs, over easy, not well done, and my bacon. Just be thankful that someone's looking out for your health because you're not. <laughs> I mean, it can change us that we could have an attitude of gratitude. Paul's doing it in the midst of a letter. Paul's doing it in prison. And then the third observation of this prayer, he doesn't ask for anything right away. And I think that's a challenge for us. Like he, he acknowledges their faith. He acknowledges their love. I mean, he sees the good thing in them and then just lifts it up to the Lord, man. Thank God for that. Praise God for that. Man, could we do that with one another? I mean, that's what we see Paul doing. And so he does this over and over. I, I don't have time. I won't go through all the other, but, but if you were to look in all of Paul's letters, there's always this thanks and gratitude in, in the midst of all his letters. It's just buried in there. And you just like, it, once you come to realization that it's there, you'll see it all the time. He says it in all of them. He's just got this attitude of gratitude. And so how does he do it? Well, he's got to flex the muscles. And prayer is like a muscle. And so, you know, I don't know, let's just 
think about this. Like you go to the gym and you see all the guys and the girls and, and, and they're all, you know, flexing and they got, they're working on their biceps and doing the curls and they're benching. And, and these aren't like those muscles. It's like the triceps of Thanksgiving. Are you hearing me? Don't always work those. Those, the triceps, got to work that. Or how about the, the glutes of gratitude? It's just like, I, I got to work these muscles, man, because they support the whole thing. And, and, and I, I, I don't think we work these muscles enough. And so I love what Tony Evans says. He writes it like this. He says, God says to give thanks in everything. That doesn't mean you need to give thanks for everything. You don't need to give thanks for that bad day or for that bad relationship or being passed over at work. No. Financial hardship. No, don't give thanks. But whatever it is, you're not to give thanks for the difficulties, but rather in the difficulties. There it is. And he says that's a very important distinction. And one I think we often miss, giving thanks in everything shows a heart of faith that God is bigger than the difficulties and that he can use them if you approach him with the right heart and spirit for your good and for his glory. Third, insight, spiritual insight from our mentor, the Apostle Paul. Maturity is so important in Christ. Mature yourself with wisdom and with knowledge. And so let's get right into verse 17 because you'll see all these words you hear. He says, the spirit of wisdom. So that's a capital S. When you're reading your Bible, make sure that that's not your spirit. That's the Holy Spirit that God's placed in you. So spirit of wisdom means I I want the spirit to be leading me and giving me insight and and make me wise and and that I would follow the spirit. And, And then the spirit of revelation is Not just that, hey, I I know what it says at the end of the book and Jesus is coming back. It's gonna take a while, maybe, and I don't know, we may be in the midst of it. I don't know if we're in the fourth quarter, the final two minutes, but I know it's gonna get worse before it gets better. It's not just that. It's this idea that God could reveal things to you, even in your relationships, in your home. And and so Paul's paying for a spirit of wisdom and a spirit of revelation. And then this is the game changer. He says, in the knowledge of him. So he's talking about God, but if we double click on this word, there's actually two words in the New Testament, Greek words that are translated for knowledge. We're going to see the other one in verse 18. That one has to do with factual knowledge. This one has to do with experiential knowledge. It's the difference between book smarts and street smarts. I mean, that's very different. This is the experiential knowledge. I want you to experience it. It's the difference from me saying, well, I ch- if I check my phone right now and I, I got to get to O'Hare and I, you know what? I know it's 26 miles right now from here, this stage to O'Hare. I got to drop off my friend. That's factual knowledge. This knowledge is, well, we're talking about getting in your car and we're talking about fighting the traffic and we're talking about getting over to O'Hare, and let's say you're picking up your friend, and you're talking about, did you, have you ever dealt with those people at O'Hare? Move the car. Is it just me? Like, they're attacking me. They're just like, I, one time I was picking up Alex, and, and I just, I couldn't deal with it. I, I was like, I had to defend myself against these people. And so I rolled the window down, and I'm not going to finish this story because it lacks the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of God. But, but, but we, he's praying that you'll experience God in a deeper way. 
It's the difference between watching the Bears on TV today and suiting up and, are they playing the Packers? Somebody just say that? Oh, okay, I thought somebody, oh, somebody says watch the Packers. You people are sick in this church. <laughs> this is called an illustration. It doesn't mean what sports team goes in. Now you can't lose focus at all. You cannot experience the Lord because of your love for the Packers has taken its place. And so, gosh, God, we pray for... No, I'm kidding around. Okay, so this is an experience. I don't even know what I was going to say. Let's just say it's not watching the Packers on TV today. It's suiting up and, and running out on Lambo and, and taking a couple of hits, man. That's what he's talking about. And, and so how do we know God like that? There's a big book that's been written by J.I. Packer, which I would really recommend. I like to re uh, recommend to you the, the great ones. And, and he says a lot about this. He says, how can we turn our knowledge about God, facts and information, into knowledge of God, where it's the experience? The rule for doing this is simple but demanding. It's that we turn each truth that we learn about God into matter for meditation before God, leading to prayer and praise to God. So, so what he's saying is that it's just not enough to read about the presence of God. It's about to experience his presence in the midst of that difficulty as Paul was doing as he was in confinement. It's not about just reading about God leading other people in the Bible. It's about you saying, no, God, would you please lead me through this time of crisis? Would you please reveal to me what my next step is? Lord, I'm moving in this direction. I, I, I'm... I, I'm kind of, I'm already going. Please, God, this is a prayer I pray a lot. God, stop me if I'm in the wrong direction. And I, I'm telling you, God will answer that. That's knowing God. That's experiencing him. Maybe you're going through a hardship and, and you're just like, man, to have a deeper presence of God. That's what we want. Father, I pray for those who are struggling, even in this service. And I know the stories behind many, and I pray even for Jill right now as Tim's gone through such heartache and difficulty. And I pray for you to experience, them to experience you in a deeper and a fresh way. I pray for your healing power. I pray for your goodness and your grace. I, Lord, the Bible says that you are near to the brokenhearted. And our hearts are broken for those who have not experienced you in a meaningful way. May we follow you. May you give us this spirit of wisdom and knowledge that we could experience you in every situation that we're facing so that we move forward in a way that honors you. If you agree with that prayer, simply say amen. Fourth, spiritual insight. Enlighten yourself with hope and strength. So again, it's the Apostle Paul, enlightened. You'll see all these phrases in the text. In verse 18, he says, having the eyes of your hearts enlightened. Now, what's interesting about this phrase that we underline is that that's the only time you'll see this in the Bible, so it's unique. And so what it means, it's this idea in the Old Testament, or New Testament time, as well as the Old Testament, the, the heart used to be the seat of the emotions, they called it. It, was the, it comprised the mind and the emotions and the will. 
And so that my mind, my emotions, and my will will be enlightened. That, that's what he's praying. And again, it's very experiential. And, and what's interesting about this is we often talk about this at our staff. Um, we've learned together that, that think about this. There's thinkers, there's feelers, there's actors. A thinker, that's like the apostle Paul. I mean, he's just read Romans. It's like, you know, it's the argument. It's the lawyer in you. There's feelers. Who's that? That's the apostle John. And it's just like, you know, hey man, it's the apostle that loved Jesus. And then there's actors. Who's that? That's Peter. I'm not saying acting. I'm saying he's all about action. And so, man, he's run, he, before he thinks, before he feels, he's in. <laughs> and, and so all of us, which way do you lean? I, I'm not necessarily, my first step isn't to think about it. My first step isn't to feel it. My first step is to step forward. But I know that about myself. can get you in trouble. One isn't better than the other. But Paul's asking that your eyes would be enlightened. Are you a thinker? Are you a feeler? Are you an act? Like that we would know ourselves and that we would move forward in such a way where we glorify him. And then I love this next phrase. He says that you may know what is the hope. Here's that no. This is the factual one. This isn't the experiential one. So that's kind of interesting because he's saying just know in your head that there's hope. That there's hope to which he has called you. So guess what? I know you don't feel it right now. You're in the midst of that. I know you don't feel it, but know the hope that God's called you. That you're his child. I mean, that's enlightening, isn't it? I just got to know that. Just need to know. And this hope here, it isn't like, hey, I hope the Packers are going to win today. Where it's wishful thinking. No, that's not the hope here. It's not like, I, I hope it's going to be nice tomorrow and I don't need my umbrella. No, no, that's not it. This, this is based, that's our English definition of hope is based on uncertainty where this definition of hope in the Bible, biblical terms, it's certain, it's a for sure, it's bet the farm on it, it's, it's gonna happen. So I can, I know in my mind, even though I'm not feeling it, that there's a hope to which he has called me. Isn't that awesome? That's, that's God's word. That's Paul helping us. And then look at this next phrase. What are the riches of his glorious inheritance in the saints? Now, Ephesians chapter one, it's been talking about what we get as an inheritance. And last week, that was the message. It's like, man, you've been chosen. Man, you've been forgiven. Man, you've been blessed. Man, you've been redeemed. I mean, these are all like, whoa. But this isn't about what we get. Flip the script. Look at this. This is what, what God gets. He's saying, what are the riches of his glorious inheritance in the saints? That's saying that you're his inheritance. I'm his inheritance. That, that's, we're his inheritance? That, that's what God's word's teaching. And so think about some inheritances. Maybe you're like me, and I'll tell you what, I got five acres in Concord, Ohio that was willed to me and Man, you're like those five acres in Ohio that, or I, I don't know, maybe it's, think about some other inheritance. How about that guy that 
owns Amazon and was the founder, not the owner anymore, but he's worth a couple trillion. You're that kind of inheritance to God. I mean, it, that, that's what we are as we walk on this earth. He, that's the wisdom he wants to give you. And then he ends, what is the immeasurable greatness of his power toward us who believe according to the working of his great might? And, and these words are just so interesting. We spend a lot of time, but power here actually gives us our English word dynamite. And so we got this great power towards those of us who believe according to the working, that's our, comes from our English word energy, of his glorious might. So there's this power, there's this dynamite that's exploding and at work and used, those who believe, and there's this energy that's available to us to lift us up. That's giving us the hope and the strength that we need. Jody um, went to a funeral um, last week. And it, it's just one of those stories, just a sad story. Like you just can't even get beyond this. It's like it's a friend of Emily's, um, our, our youngest daughter. And um, we know the family. Jody knows them really well. And they're in the area here. And um, she, imagine this. She goes as a freshman in college, just like our daughter. And I don't know, through the circumstances, she goes to the nurse office or the hospital and something's wrong. And, and they test her and they find out she's got brain cancer. She's a freshman. So the parents decide, well, we're going to keep her in school and we're going to just do this normal. And they're gonna, you know, they work this all out. And, and it was about a month ago where they said, she's only got three weeks left. And she's a senior in college. She is, she's 20 years old. She didn't, even, she, 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 she didn't make it to 21. And, and Jody goes to this, I mean, can you imagine? It's just the funeral and the mom and, and everybody's encouraging, but the, the strength that she has and, She's talking to all these people. Maybe you've been in that situation where you just had, I mean, just life has hit you like a ton of bricks and, and there's something inside of you that rises up and, and you can stand there and you don't even know what it is. I, I don't know if that's what was going on with this mom, but I know this. I know that strength and that's a power that's available to us, to those who believe that energy that can get you through this next step, that energy that can take you to a place that you've never been. That's what Paul's talking about. Next insight is this. It's our last one. Bless yourself with Jesus in the church. Who watches Parks and Recs? Anybody? Okay, I, I just couldn't deal with this. I had to think of it. I have to share it like this because as soon as I thought this, I was looking at this this morning and it's like, bless yourself. Bless yourself. And so you know what I immediately thought of? Treat yourself. <laughs> so treat yourself. I just shared that at the 8.30 service in Wheaton. Nobody knew what I was talking about. And then I said, oh, that pagan group in Naperville, they're going to know. But treat yourself. I can't remember the guy's name. He was a, it was a, the Indian guy. What was his name? Tom. And then it was the African-American lady that they used to go treat themselves all the time. What was her name? Donna, like I know none of the names. Jody says this. I watched every episode. I didn't know nobody's name. I can't do. I, I don't have headspace for the names. I just treat yourself. But but hear my heart in that, that we can treat ourselves to Jesus in the church, and and Paul gives us three manifestations of the blessing and power in Jesus Christ. First, he starts with the resurrection, and he said he raised him from the dead, and seated him in his right hand. 
So treat yourself to the fact that the Savior went to the cross and died for you. And that that power is available, the power that rose him from the grave, that power is available to raise you to new life, to raise you above the circumstance, to raise you above the difficulty, to raise you above the sorrow. And then he says the second manifestation of the power, which is a blessing, he says, and, and he put all things under his feet. So treat yourself to the fact that, you know what? I know life is crazy right now. I know things are going nuts. I know I can't believe they're doing that in the schools. I know, are you kidding me? Jesus is in control. God is sovereign. But we need to bless ourselves with the fact, our brothers and sisters, that, you know what? I know it looks like we're off the track, but, but, but we don't have to be. And nobody ever promised that it was going to be easy. And we're living in a day right now where we've got to be, we've got to be what God calls us to be, the salt and light of the earth. And then he says, look at this next manifestation of God's power. Is this great stuff? And he gave him his head over the things to the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills all in all. So now comes the church. This is the first time Paul talks about the church. He gave a little tip of the hat to the church uh, a few verses prior. But this is the first time he names the church. The church literally means the called out ones. And so you've been called out of darkness into light. You've been called out of bondage into freedom. You've been called out of what? Guilt and shame to be forgiven and redeemed. And, and so he's saying God is the head of this. Hey, make no mistake at High Point Church with the locations that God, Jesus is the head. Hey, I know we're living in a place and a time where, you know what, church, some of them are going off the rails. You're like, what is going on over there? Hey, Jesus is in the head here. Like Jesus Christ is the head of the church. And he's the one we're following. And, and his word is what we're looking at to get guidance. So we can bless ourselves with Jesus in the church. I sat, uh, I went to uh, Craig's men's group that's starting here on Friday mornings at 6.30 every Friday for the next 10 weeks as we're doing this study. Uh, I'm kind of doing it too. I'm going to be there. We're kind of co-leading it. I got to speak this past Friday and, and um, I, I'm giving a bit of a plug because it was great to be at a room filled with guys and to be at a table. I didn't recognize how much I needed to be at a table with five or six guys. Guys I know and love. And, and, and just to, to have some time together. Man, if you haven't connected all of our locations, Craig's doing it, he's, he's a beast, man. You're doing it here at Wednesday night? I'm not doing it Wednesday night. You're doing it on Friday, I'm doing it on Friday morning. Come join me Friday. But, but honestly, it, I didn't realize what I didn't know, that I, we need each other in these times. And we need to be together. And so let's take a look at these five spiritual insights. And I'm going to call uh, Ethan and the team back up. And, and what we're going to do now is it's kind of like this soft close. So it's like we're not done, but we kind of are. But no, I'm done, you're not. And so now it's the most important time because I've said the Apostle Paul is your spiritual mentor. And, and I'm trusting that through God's word and maybe something I said or something I didn't say, that God's going to give you insight right now into a specific situation, into a specific trial and difficulty. 
into a specific relationship. And, and maybe it's going to be something here on this list. Maybe it's not. But we're going to scroll some scriptures. We want to do something different. We're going to scroll some scriptures on one of these screens. And so as you're sitting there, let the scripture wash over you afresh. And maybe you're going to grab hold of a scripture today that are somewhat related to this. That, that can just pull you through with some insight. I know for me, man, there's been times when that scripture was so meaningful and helpful. Just let God speak to you. The scripture says, once God spoke and twice I heard him. I love that psalm. That means that God speaks. Faith comes by hearing, hearing the word of Christ. And then once it's in your head, <laughs> just rattle, you can't stop it. And so maybe God's called you to do something that you've failed to take the step forward and you've taken a step back. Have the spiritual insight today to move forward. Maybe God's asked you to do something, forgive someone or a relationship that you need to reconcile. And you've stepped back and it's rattling around in your head and, and God's calling you to move forward. Father, I pray by your spirit that you would guide us and I pray for each and every person to not only hear from you, in this time, but as they do, when they do hear from you, whether it's through a scripture, whether it's through this song as this team sings over us, that once we have heard, we would stand to our feet and as we begin singing, it would be an affirmation that we have received a spiritual insight and that we're moving forward with that spiritual insight. As we stand, let that be our sign that we're unified as a church to move forward. Lord, let, I pray that you, we wouldn't rush this. I pray for whatever time we need. Use this time now. May your spirit flow, I pray in Jesus' name.